Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Forgotten Conservative. Um, I'm, it's July 16th. I'm not going to uh, disclose the time because it's way past my bedtime. But a couple things about tonight or this morning uh, that I want to kind of briefly go over. I'm hoping to uh, go through this and keep this podcast I'm, my goal is under 10 minutes, but no more than 20. Uh, I, need, I do need to get to bed. But number one, I'd mentioned the executive orders. Uh, I'd heard uh, um, kind of a read through, certainly not all of them, uh, executive orders and uh, agency or um, EPA, etc. Those uh, departments making regulations that were as harmful, if not more so, than um, the executive orders. And I heard it on Mark Levin, his podcast, um, and I can't find it. Now, what really bothers me is I could have sworn that he introduced it. Um, maybe if it was a reporter that wrote an article, but nevertheless uh, said where the, this information came from. I cannot find it. Um, what I have found in actual uh, story, newspaper story or journalism form, I I don't want to, you know, next time I record, I may approach it, but um, I, I would rather have uh, a short list if, if they name the uh, executive order title or the regulation title and maybe a one or two sentence description or or a one or two sentence in how that affects energy oil etc that that's more of what i'm looking for um nevertheless I, i'll continue to look for it here and there the other thing and this bothers me Kind of in a different way, so to speak. Um, I don't want to be misunderstood on my feelings for Trump. Um, if I disliked his personality, if I uh, did not like his tweeting, if there was something that I didn't like or some reason or, or whatever, because he talked shit about Cruz and Cruz's father. You know, if, if I held a grudge over that stuff, I would just say it. Um, I voted for Trump in 2016. If he gets, if he runs and gets the nomination, I'll vote for him again. I would stand up and defend him any way he needed me to. Uh, I respect him. I think you could, one could make an argument that he actually governed more conservatively conservatively than Reagan. Um, I would um, dispute it, just, but it may be my bias for Reagan. Uh, but I would certainly like to put the two records uh, together. Obviously, Reagan had eight years, so I, you know, I would want to keep it fair. But I, I, you know, I'd put there, in other words, he is at worst, the second most conservative president in my lifetime. Uh, 
even before I was born. Uh, I haven't uh, studied a whole lot of Barry Goldwater, who ran in 64. We've talked about him. Uh, I, I just, you know, it was before my time, and that's not one of the aspects that I want to spend my time studying. I need to. I have his book, The Conscience of a Conservative. I just haven't read it. Um, nevertheless, so my thing with Trump, I, an ideal situation, well, no, the second place ideal situation would be that if Trump runs, if, okay, for him to win and for somebody like, I mean, DeSantis is my guy. I was a cruise guy in 2016, but I think the time is right for DeSantis. All, with everything, the whole ball of wax. I just think 2020 is the time for DeSantis because I don't think he will pull any punches. He uh, will give Trump a run for his money in that debate that I was just discussing about the most conservative president in my lifetime. I have no doubt that not only will DeSantis um, govern as a conservative, despite the fact that he's not as rough around the edges as Trump, um, I don't think that that lessens DeSantis fight. I've seen him in press conferences. I've seen him put uh, reporters, other politicians. He's put they they don't stand a chance. Uh, I'm sure he's got people out there that that could. But the the key to it is it's it's all based on principles. I just think that 2020, no 2024 is the right time for DeSantis. However, second place. Uh, best scenario. Trump r runs in 2024, he is elected, and then we get uh, a full eight years consecutively of a conservative administration, uh, totaling 12 years of true conservative governing and leadership. That's number two. Number one ideal situation would be DeSantis to run in 24 and Trump do everything he can to pump him up, to fight for him, and again, like I said in one of the previous hours, be a kingmaker. You don't have to be the king. Uh, enjoy your, your legacy uh, because it's a damn good legacy. In fact, I will say this. Although you may argue conservative governing or records with Trump and Reagan, one thing you cannot argue is that Trump is the first president or was the first president that made a, an attempt to fulfill every campaign promise. A lot of them he did fulfill. But there was no doubt in rational, sane, normal people, i.e. Republicans at minimum. I, but, you know, I'm like conservatives, but in other words, if you were a radical, unhinged, never Trumper kook, 
whether left or right leaning, um, you didn't see it that way. But that was part of his appeal. Not only the personality, the the fighting back, the standing up for us conservatives, Republicans, uh, etc. Because that was a big part of it. But he meant what he said. One of the things I've mentioned that I doubted was how would he govern if he was elected. He, at one time, supported abortion. I heard his, his speech and why he's changed course. And being that that is something like a similar to a core principle, well, not similar, let's just say it is. Uh, that That's an individual, one of his core principles. You either support abortion or you're against it. Um, and we can debate on what your opinion is about it being a core principle. I'm going to say it is. His changing of that core principle from pro-abortion uh, to anti-abortion, his reasoning, his, if you want to call it an excuse, but what he said that night explaining it was, I, you know, I say, I'm, I want to say legitimate. I want to say genuine, sincere. How about I put it this way? Because you never know. Even though he was an outsider, that's, that doesn't mean he's above fabricating the truth. So let's just say, I think he was sincere. I think he meant it. I think it was legitimate. That's my opinion. Whether I'm right or wrong, I'll never know the man's intent and I don't care to know his intent or true feelings. What I do know is that when Trump explained why he had a change of heart, when you compare that to Obama in 2012, explaining, trying to uh, make people believe that he evolved, nobody believed it. The media propagated it and you know acted like he was uh, a god sitting next to Zeus. Um, they are without religion. Um, the party, the issues are their, their religion, so to speak. I've talked about it, covered briefly, probably talked about it before. I don't want to get bogged down into it right now, but suffice it to say, when I say sitting on the right hand or next to a God, I'm kind of referring to uh, Greek mythology, etc., uh, because of the lack of belief in religion. And I, I don't want to say nothing else. I don't want to uh, say anything else about that. Just understand that when I say something with a God, I'm not referring to the Lord or Savior. I'm referring to Greek mythology. So, damn, let, let, that's where it's at. Um, but at least watching the statements, you got the sense that Trump was sincere. 
the story he gave is 100% conceivable and believable. Again, whether it was true, who knows? Uh, but the fact of between that story and Obama saying, I've evolved, you know, uh, wearing it like a badge of honor, saying that I've saw the light, I'm enlightened, as if that's literally wearing it as a badge of honor. It, and in other words, it was something to be proud of. And it just, it was, it was fake. Everybody knew it was fake, but everybody in his circle, in the media, soared up and down and, and praised him for it. Even though it was obvious that it was political pandering. It was a, a political agenda, an ends to a means to, again, they uh, shied away from white males and wanted all these other groups and gays in whatever form or iteration was one of those groups and he needed every vote of those he could get uh, and that was the attitude i you i you could tell me to disagree with me just like you don't know trump's true intent in his story or statement on why he changed his mind on abortion. You could make an argument. You could tell me you can't uh, dismiss Trump's intent or sincerity. Uh, or you, in other words, you can't say that you believe him based on the quality of the story and then say you don't believe Obama's intent based on the lack of quality in his story. Because both things equal out. You'll never know the intent. You know, you followed politics. Um, that party. You know what you know about history and their mindset. Um, the speaking of the ends justify the means. In other words, you'll do whatever it takes, whatever you have to do to, to get your result. Whether it's an election, an agenda, uh, destroying an economy, a civilized society, whatever your goal is, by and large, Democrats will do what it takes. And whatever that agenda is. So I wanted to tried to um, articulate that I'm not just picking on Trump. I do not. I, I am upset about his endorsement of the Alabama chick that got the Republican nominee for senator. That still burns my ass. Um, and she's not the first rhino. Uh, I discussed all that in a previous podcast. So, I, you know, but I certainly wouldn't allow that to prevent me from not only voting, but believing that Trump was, a, dare I say, a great president. And again, they're going to go after whoever the nominee is. They attack DeSantis now because they believe 
he's the front runner. If they can uh, create a rift between DeSantis and Trump, they will. You know, to to um, aspire to that level, you know, high uh, office in in government or chase it, it's pretty much inherent that you have an ego. Probably a large ego. Uh, without verifiable knowledge, I would say most presidents may have a touch or more of narcissism to, you know, run and, and aspire for, for that job. So if they can somehow uh, create a rift of bad blood and it's a bloody primary, which I hope, um, that is extended, it, it, will, it will hurt us in the, in the general. Now, I don't think it will hurt us as much if DeSantis is the nominee and Trump loses in the primary. I don't think that will hurt quite as much. But if Trump wins the nomination and it's a bloody battle with DeSantis, I'm afraid, and it's happened before, I'm not saying it will, I'm just afraid it will fracture the party and affect the general election. Now, that's an opinion. I could have it backwards. I could be all wet. I could be, you know, full of crap. It's just my opinion. Um, but it I'm, it's, has nothing to do with Trump and his conservative principles or anything, anything how he, per se, how he governed. Because he could have used more tact, more um, statesman-like. I don't, I don't think presidential is fair because I think he, he, he was presidential. In other words, and when I say that, he didn't attack unless attacked. You come at him, he's, he's going to return fire. And we have begged and wished for that type of personality as long as as I've started, you know, 75, 76, whatever. When I, when I started following politics. Because, and Reagan did. Reagan, the beauty with Reagan, you know, if you don't know, if, you, if you're not familiar or you hear all the stories, go to YouTube and look at the footage. I, mean, I would suggest, first of all, look at his 1964 uh, speech uh, to endorse Barry Goldwater. I think the speech title is A Time for Choosing. I've recited lines out of it and played parts of the speech on this podcast. But he got around the media. He was, he, I mean, he was called the great communicator. He was able to talk to the American people in easy, simple, traditional terms where you understood it. And again, where you didn't doubt and you trusted that leader unequivocally. You know, you still have the kooks, the media, uh, assholes, etc. You know, Trump didn't care, or uh, Reagan didn't care. His message, he 
spoke to the people. Now, he had that over Trump, but again, back then, there was no Twitter. There was no other way but to get in front of the camera as often as possible and explain your agenda, your policies, why, back up, give philosophy, reasoning, so on and so forth, explain it. And, and Reagan was excellent at that. So he has Trump in that uh, field, department. But, I mean, Reagan probably communicated, I'm going to guess, because I don't know for sure, I would guess that Reagan communicated his principles, his thoughts, his feelings, his governing, uh, so on and so forth, the, to put him in comparison and the way he got his message across, I would compare to somebody like Lincoln. Wouldn't really compare that trait or, or part of uh, a president to Washington, even though, you know, probably Washington was the greatest. Um, certainly number two, but you can make an argument for one or two. Uh, when it came to public speaking, Washington was kind of soft-spoken. Um, I think it was James Madison wrote a bunch of uh, Washington's speeches. So a lot of times Washington didn't even, you know, write his own message, which is fine. I mean, virtually nobody does it nowadays. They may edit it, but I don't think there's many nowadays that actually write it out that I know of. So, um, but, you know, I don't want to receive emails about beating Trump up because it's not about that. It's just about what I think is good for obviously the party and the country because I, I, I cannot stress enough we have to stop this war on the economy in whatever war you want to talk about, whether it's uh, minority rights, and that includes LGBT, QWERTY, uh, gay rights, uh, uh, you know, illegal immigrants, illegal aliens that shouldn't have rights because they've broken the law to come in. Many of them have already been deported and come back again, which is a felony, and, and should serve the maximum sentences for the crimes they commit. Um, the, the climate change, the, the global warming that we've talked about tonight, the war on energy, the war the IRS is trying their damnedest to um, wreak havoc on virtually every aspect of your financial life. And, and the only reason they have it now is because of the pushback from uh, not only the American people, but organizations like the ACLJ that I've brought up many times before. Um, and we fought back. And it's a perfect example of, uh, of if you do fight back, if you call your representative, uh, senator, um, whoever, 
even if it's not your senator calling uh, Mitch McConnell's office, for instance, or Mitt Romney's office, or Susan Collins, or Lisa Murkowski, these rhinos that always have their finger up in the air straddling the fence. Which is, again, it's, it's a lack of principle. But you don't have to just call your people. You can put in calls to any senator. Because with the mobility we have nowadays, you know, you if you've got a cell phone right now, there's no reason for you to ever change your number. Maybe if you get a stalker or something like that, maybe. But I can't think of a... That's not to say you can't. Or you can if you want to, you want a new number, whatever. But my point is with the mobility you can move to another state like I'm going to. I'm going to move to Maine. I'm keeping my cell phone number with the Florida area code. No reason for me to change it. So who's to say, you know, hypothetically, right now, I couldn't call, if there's something pending in the Senate, I couldn't call Susan Collins and give her my opinion. Give her the address of my girlfriend. Now, I probably wouldn't do that. Uh, I don't know. I guess it would depend on the legislation. But I wouldn't want to be dishonest. I wouldn't. I would try to encourage my sweetheart to make the call because she is a legal resident. I'm not. Uh, so I wouldn't want the call to be dismissed because you usually give your name, your address, um, to whatever office you call so they primarily for uh, campaign brochures uh, plus you know honestly to verify uh, who you you know the address because it might be a fake address might be you know a Burger King or a McDonald's um but you can do little things like that. Again, you can support uh, these conservative um, outlets. I've mentioned uh, Daily Wire, is it? Ben Shapiro's. It's, I, it, I don't know that I can support it, donate it. Um, maybe I'm anal or, or just jacked up. But I disagree with certain things he agrees with. So much so that I'll enjoy the free aspect. I'm not paying. Something I would pay for, and I've done it before, is uh, Levin TV or Blaze TV. It's kind of uh, the same thing. Uh, that is all kinds of conservative uh, content. I haven't had a... a subscription probably in well it was definitely before i went over the road as a truck driver so at least two or three years but it's an organization if i'm looking to give money it's one that i would consider uh, most recently it's been the aclj because of their work on abortion and i viewed that as a, a more 
um, important issue. Let's just put it simply. It's, it's a bigger, more important issue to the country, the morality, uh, you know, so on and so forth. We have to, it's, in other words, that um, issue, because it went, the, the decision went the way it did, Thomas and his, um, you know, great concurrence uh, that he added, uh, they should revisit all, what's it called, substantive due process. And that's one of the things that the left and the kooks are crying about. Thomas, in his concurrence, just said, we should revisit. But Alito, in his uh, decision, I guess, uh, unequivocally stated that that decision did not address things like sodomy laws, gay rights, um, the right to get contraception, gay marriage. So... Alito specifically said it did not cover those types of issues that the Supreme Court, I believe in every case, has ruled at some point. I know the gay marriage, Obergefell, I don't know about the other items. I just know that's what they've been screaming about for, for no reason. But Thomas gave his daggum opinion, and most of us agree with it. Not because we're racist, bigoted, homophobic, or any of those worn-out names. We just have certain core principles. And I want us, this decision has the uh, ability to get us on the right track. The Virginia governor's election in November, the truck driver, I think, in New Jersey that almost beat an incumbent governor. Uh, I mean, way closer than anybody anticipated. The parents standing up all over the country, but we heard Virginia in the news so much last year, primarily because it was an off-year uh, election. So all eyes were on the Virginia elections. And people, you know, there ain't many things that'll make a parent, especially a mama, upset. But you start, I, I want to say if you start effing with the kids or, or you know, um, you're, you know, you better watch out. So I say that and then remind you, gentle listener that I have said over and over that this didn't just start this type of you know I don't know if indoctrination is worn out I don't know another way to effectively communicate or demonstrate you know I, I can't think of another word if I do at some point I'll either put it in the description or, or mention it on another podcast, but it's nothing new. Remember I said earlier, cartoons when I was a kid, you know, watching uh, like Johnny Quest, and at some point they would have these government public service uh, ad council ads that 
was already talking about the environment. Now, that's not the same as uh, a school or a teacher, professor, etc., cetera, uh, promoting and, and trying to beat an agenda into a student's head. No, of course it's not the same. Uh, but it's similar in the fact that if you repeat something long enough, it may be believed by osmosis that most people are not going to check, verify. Anyway, it is about 32 and a half minutes. I have went longer than I had anticipated. But one other thing I, I addressed earlier, see, this is what happens. Josh Hawley and that exchange with the professor, a highly educated woman. I think she's officially a doctor. In fact, I think she's got like two or three of those advanced degrees. Um, nobody's doubting her um, brain, brain power, smarts. No, I, I'm certainly not doubting it. Um, I wouldn't back down from a debate. Here's an example of Reagan communicating his principles. I think Reagan said it may have been to a reporter um, and it may have just been in like an agenda type or policy type of speech. So I don't know which one. I'm going to try and recite the quote as best as I remember. I mean, we're talking the 80s. Um, his statement went something like this. And, if, you know, of course, this is abortion related. So that was the subject. And here it was the statement that just like, you know, even if you're a dummy, hits you over the head. Even if you're a radical kook, you, it's undeniable. And his statement was something like, well, it's a good thing that everybody here in this room that their mother didn't decide to have an abortion. And it's something that's so simple. Number one, obviously simple. Um, his delivery, it's succinct, uh, illustrates a point, undeniable point. I mean, you can't really argue with that. I, I, I can't think of a valid retort. Um, but it, it, it puts it right there. Uh, these senators in this hearing, almost all the uh, guests, I, at least I've, I've seen a couple. Um, I, so I don't know how many total uh, witnesses they had. But on a couple of occasions, I heard the witness start their testimony, whether it was uh, a brief statement, uh, you know, written or recited uh, by memory. But two of the people, two of the women that I saw as witnesses may opened up basically with these type of words from the very beginning. 
Um, I just want to thank the committee for allowing me to come speak. And then they kind of uh, segued into their ideology, their beliefs, um, birthing person, etc. Stuff like that. And again, this isn't quoting word for word, but I'm just trying to convey the message, the approach that these two witnesses took that I saw. So Holly, when it's his turn, he says, okay, witness A, um, I'll be right back with you. There's some questions I'd like you to answer, but I want to start out by asking witness B a question. And so he starts this questioning about what exactly she meant by birthing persons. And eventually it got to, um, you know, what is a woman? I think it, I don't know if that was the specific language, but you notice these people will not define a woman either by chromosomes or anything else. They will not say that men cannot have babies, even though in this particular exchange, which Holly was, I don't want to necessarily say retreating. Let's just say he his, his focus was um, maintaining his ground. In other words, he may have thought, I'm not going to gain ground in this discussion. I certainly don't want to lose ground. And I, I, I honestly, I think it was a draw. I don't think either side won, um, which is a shame because you got a kook like this chick and you can't outmaneuver her verbally. Uh, you know, what do you call it? Intellectually. You can't speak from your heart. Uh, and I don't care how damn uh, smart she is, how many degrees. I don't, I don't care about her IQ. None of that. She can, and she was, um, I would say she was better than most in that she didn't just automatically feel attacked and resort to um, emotions, feelings, um, name calling. Well, I can't say name calling because she said his line of questioning basically was out of order because it was considered transphobic. And he was just basically asking a question that she refused to answer. So when you have witnesses that come in and they're proud to be there, they're proud that um, they have, their movement has redefined what it means to be a man and a woman, which coincidentally, a byproduct is you're destructing, uh, destructing, destroying, again, the core family unit. You're picking a different group or demographic. So that's a byproduct. But they're loud, proud, I think it was a chant in something, abortion or something. You know, and just, they're like, just totally avoid the woman question. And, and so in this exchange, a woman goes, yes, I believe men can have babies. And then as this continues at some point, she says something to the effect of, 
a woman that has transitioned to a man can get pregnant. I don't know the order of those two, uh, I'll say arguments that she used, so I may have had them backwards. But the point is, she gave Holly the opportunity to say, okay, as a trans, as a trans man, I guess is the right term, I don't want to mispronounce it. Certainly, it's if I do, it's not on purpose. So, if she had maintained in the entire exchange that it is possible for a trans man to be pregnant and birth a child, I would reiterate that. I would probably say something like, well, you're right, Professor. A trans man, and let me make sure I'm correct, when you say a trans man, because I'm not familiar with all this new jargon, so I want to make sure that I understand you accurately. Uh, in other words, a trans man is somebody that left the womb, left the mother with the female parts, was a female, just say it, something to that effect. And now at 20 years, 30 years, however, this born female, out of the womb female, uh, has decided she either wants to be a man, was actually born a man, and given the wrong body, you know, whatever her motivation is, it's, it was a woman, and now she wants to be a man. She's considered a trans man, and Professor, I do agree that that person with that designation, which you call a trans man, can get pregnant. I agree 100%. However, that's not what you said. You said a man can get pregnant. So what you're doing is you're using her language that she just used in this exchange. She, you know, used both, term, both terms, both uh, pronouns, whatever. I don't give a shit. Whatever it is. You know what I'm, what I'm saying, what the point I'm making. Use her words against her. What are you doing by number one, you're beaten, you're winning. And not to mention you're you're beating that person at their own game with their own words. I don't necessarily think it makes you smarter if you win a discussion like that. But I think you may get points uh, for standing up and winning that argument, using their own words to show the absurdity of their view. But before it, it even got, before I even said, Professor A, let me question Professor B, before I even got to that, I would say something like, I certainly do appreciate the witnesses um, appearing, thanking the committee, it's very gracious. Uh, you're busy. You, you know, successful. You don't have to be here. So, I certainly want to thank you for your time, even if we disagree. For appearing, um, more people should stand up for their beliefs, principles, etc. So, in other words, 
you're kissing her ass. Both of them. You may not be totally disarming, but you never know. You may, in a, um, with a, 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 an appeal, a sincere appeal, you may disarm one or even both. If they're worth their weight, you won't have success. But at least you send a message to the cameras, the gallery, the other committee members, certainly other Republicans, in whatever form or fashion, you're setting an example, even if it's a state representative. So you bend over backwards, kissing their ass. Maybe even ask, you know, just a pause, not ask, but, uh, you know, Professor A, I sincerely want to thank you. And you run through that. And then you pause and let her say, you're welcome, or thanks for having me. Or, you, you, you know, so you, you start it under the premise of friendly terms. Not to mention you're thanking. Um, and I would make that thank you as sincere and, you know, honest looking, sounding as possible. And then after you, you get to that point and you've set them up, you've put the ball on the tee, the, the pitch is right down the wheelhouse, then you pull a Ronald Reagan. And you say, professors or witness A, witness B, whatever their names, you certainly don't want to address them disrespectfully or wrong. So you, you have to know how to, to address. I'm not talking about cis thing or, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying uh, a, a title. You don't want to give the other side uh, any room. You want to take that fastball right down the wheelhouse and hit it far enough where they have to put a, a stewardess and an in-flight movie. And I'm not going to apologize for stewardess. I'm just not effing. I wouldn't call one face-to-face, -face, but for these purposes, I'm not going to take it back. Um, but you got, you now you've got them set up. Pull your Reagan. Something simple, something close to what Reagan actually said with your own twist and just also professors A and B, whatever, and you would have, this is something you have to research or have a staffer because they were both, I would say they're both younger than I am just by appearance. But you dig, you get somebody to get you this information. So I will say what Holly or any of those Republicans should have said to these women, assuming that I have researched and gotten this information that's about to follow. Um, professor so-and-so and Professor so-and-so, um, you know, again, thank you for coming. I appreciate uh, you being gracious and accepting my thanks. And here we go. Okay. I understand that um, Mrs. or Professor A uh, your mom lives in Philadelphia. Professor B, your mom 
and family is living in um, Rio Linda, California. The next time you talk to them, will you tell them thank you for not deciding to abort you babies when you were in the womb? That when and if that thought or that decision was ever contemplated that they made the right decision and I want to I want you to thank your mother from me Senator so and so because they have raised and, and then just a little bit more ass kissing you know like the sprinkles on uh, the donut or the ice cream nothing elaborate nothing certainly you have to uh, to carry it be sincere, appear sincere. And boy, Reagan just hit it hard and simple. And when the American people saw those things, those small truths, sentences, messages, they knew. They knew they had uh, a, a leader in these I mean Josh Hawley I've mentioned I, I'm sure he's going to run for president I think it, it's a bad idea I think I mentioned he's probably 12 or 16 years removed from it from probably having a chance uh, but if I were handicapping based on that exchange uh, and the, the rest of the field, I would put him definitely towards the bottom. So, anyway, I did, what did I say? 10 minutes would be my goal, 20 minutes max. Can't help it. Um, I hope, number one, I got the message across on Trump that it's not personal. It's it has It's just what's good for the country. And it's all just my opinion. But I have no animus, no ill will, no nothing. You know, I'll take a bullet for the man. And that's God's honest truth. So I don't want people to think that when I deliver a message, it's it's biased. If I if excuse me, if I'm biased and, and that bias affects an opinion, I don't have any problem telling you. In fact, I I think probably there's not enough conservatives uh, especially hosts on TV and, and radio that do make no bones about it for fear of cancel culture etc whatever the reason is but again that's an opinion I just wish there were more that uh, for instance Ben Shapiro now, he may believe those things I stated earlier. He may really believe it. He's a smart MFer. Smart, smart MFer. I know for one, he's got a, a higher IQ than I do. I think he's at, I think, 154 or 156. Um, but, shit, if you're wrong, you're wrong. I think he's wrong. Um, I would 
I don't know which I hope for most. I don't know if I hope that he's wrong in those beliefs and statements because he actually buys into it and believes it. Or I don't know if I'd rather hope that he um, has those statements, says those statements, feelings, etc., because he just wants to um, ease the attacks, uh, which I really don't think, and I may not be expressing it accurately, but um, in other words, again, to say like he's got an open mind, he, he's not afraid to uh, listen to an argument and, and keep, again, keep an open mind. I don't know. I just know I, I disagree with him. And I can't say, I can't use him as the example about the conservatives not speaking up because Ben Shapiro certainly does. And and that's, I got to give credit to him for that. Um, but other TV and radio hosts that you just get the sense that they're holding back. So I there's no reason for me to hold back. None whatsoever. And I wouldn't, um, I feel like that would be taking advantage of whoever listens. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I, it's not my, it's not my style, but again, it certainly does not help my credibility, whether you know, I'm, uh, speaking the truth, genuine thoughts, feelings, etc. Whether you know that or not, I if it, and, and I, again I could be wrong. You guys could hear a, a, a statement, a sentence, or paragraph, or a, you know, thirty minutes of rambling, and totally disagree, and you know, send an email. And if under the right conditions, if you know you wanted to have a text or phone voice call, whatever, I, I wouldn't be opposed on, to the idea uh, just for the sake of it, especially if, if it's an issue or a perspective that I think has merit. Even if it doesn't have merit, I wouldn't rule it out simply because I don't want to hear it. So... I just think, I can't sit here and say, you need to do more to yard signs. Uh, uh, what did I say? Shirts, bumper stickers, whatever you can. Uh, spread the podcast. I don't care, I, but it's not about me. It's about the country. And I cannot stress this enough. Simply minding your own business, going to the polls, in your primaries, going to the polls in November and thinking, you know, I've done my civic duty. Those days are over. They have passed us by. That is no longer enough. It may not take a long time and it may be a hundred year battle. But I I'm telling you and want you to believe and understand this is in essence a war. I don't know how else to put it. Not again, not, not a civil war, not 
I'm not, in no way advocating violence. And I hate that I have to, to say that. It's strictly metaphorically. But you, the point is, you just, you, you know, we can't sit back and hope that somebody else spreads the word, expresses ideas, principles, opinions, you know, um, doing, don't, donate money. Again, don't donate to the RNC, which I kind of wanted to address, address, but I definitely do not donate to to the national RNC, definitely. I would highly advise against donating to your local Republican party, county, city, etc., or even state. I would find candidates or groups, organizations that have your principles, like the ACLJ. If you agree with them, you do your research, that would be somebody I would recommend. Um, if you're not as anal about certain things, certainly the Daily Wire, Blaze TV, Mark Levin, uh, Levin TV, I think it's called. But it's under the Blaze TV umbrella. Uh, but you, you, you have to. If, if, if you want to talk about your love and support of Trump, I would put it to you this way. I'm going to call you out. Just like I created this fifth hour to uh, hopefully clarify my position on Trump and why I say the things I do. I did say, just a few minutes ago, in fact, I would take a bullet for for. President Trump, whether or not he ever becomes president again, I think he could do so much for this country with, you know, in the right direction. But I feel like I wouldn't, that's not my business to determine what direction. I just know he has the potential to change hearts, minds, and lives, and obviously, hopefully, the country and its trajectory. But if you love Trump, if every time I say something negative, if you get a little blush or, you know, even if you want to turn the radio off, don't sit there and cast judgment or cast the first stone if somebody is saying something you don't like about Trump. If you know Trump's going to fight for the country in whatever manner he decides to do. Are you going to let Trump down? Because anybody listening to this podcast generally is not going to run for president um, or high office or any type, mostly political office. So what we can do, what we can do to contribute is so insignificant to what Donald Trump's been put through the last seven years. So if Trump can take those arrows and sacrifice for this country the way he's done, I think you can all do a little bit more than what you're currently doing, include me. So sure as shit, man, we went the, the distance. Um, thank you for indulging, playing along, and listening to The Forgotten Conservative.